Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. There's guys that have explosive qualities, and they, they create explosive plays, but I'm concerned about the sustainability of how their explosive plays are created and if that's going to carry over. I think a guy who is going to have carryover, Brian Thomas. I, I think he's somebody who works in the slot, works outside, big height-weight speed guy, great ball skills down the field, but because he's inside-outside guy and, he, and he's worked some quick hitting routes as well, you see a little bit more than just, okay, run on the vertical plane, extended play, or go up and make a catch. Kyle Krabs there, host of Locked On Dolphins and Locked On NFL Scouting as we get ready for the NFL Combine coming up next week. Talking about Brian Thomas Jr. there. Oh, man. Oh, man. I'm, I, I think <laughs> I'm much more of a Troy Franklin guy. I don't want to say much more. like It's like yeah. a, it's a clear cut, but like... I think I'd rather have Troy Franklin, but honestly, either one I'd be happy with. I think both add a skill set the Bills don't have, which is elite what's, speed. What's uh, the difference between the two? The, for me, I think Franklin does more damage against both man and zone coverage, where I think okay. Thomas is a bit more reliant on kind of his physical traits. I also don't love his, his – he's not great in jump ball situations. Mm-hmm. And to be fair, I like Jaden Daniels better as a quarterback, and I liked LSU's offense better. Bo Nix got the ball to Franklin more than enough. No yeah. problem there. But I think I'm just I, – I, I, Franklin's faster. Well, so what you're saying there is you think that maybe Daniels was more part of the reason why Thomas stood out than Bo – like Bo Nix wasn't the Bo reason. Nix, Bo Nix was very, very good. Do not give me, I'm, like, I'm not saying with a better quarterback it would have been even better. Right. It's but, just for me, like I like what Franklin was able to do. I like his physical traits more too. Mm-hmm. They're both around 6'2", 6'3". Yep. I think Thomas is a bit taller, closer to 6'4". But Franklin's likely faster. It, that's something I've talked about aggressively whenever I'm on air, which is something the Bills are missing on offense, which is flat-out speed at the wide receiver position. Yeah. And I haven't totally just like compared either of them yet. Because I'm kind of like waiting to see how the combine goes. Yeah. If I'm being perfectly honest, because a lot of it, like now you are waiting for like their official measurements. What do they come in at the combine, which is likely what they're going to want to play at? And a big part of it, too, for me is like, I want to see who is the faster one. I, it likely is Franklin. Mm-hmm. Very likely is Franklin. But if he only runs like a 4 4 5, a part of me will sit there and go, all right, I probably want Thomas now. Yeah. Because Thomas will probably run about that, too. And he's a bit taller. He's a big play threat. So he kind of does replace what you had in Gabe Davis, which is just go straight, run fast, and catch a touchdown. <laughs> right, yeah. But he also will bring in more routes. His route tree is a bit more expansive. Franklin's is as well. I'm more saying to Gabe Davis. Yeah. But I think with Franklin, I just 
I want them to hit speed so fast, so bad. Like, right, because because, be- because I th- they have not replaced John Brown, and they have ignored the position so much that like their fast guys they brought in were Trent Sherfield and Deontay Hardy, who could get, who could not get on the field. And then last year was Isaiah McKenzie, who also really couldn't get on the field because he kept dropping passes. Right. Yeah, McKenzie was more so the fact that I don't know if the Bills knew how to use McKenzie last year. They wanted him to be a traditional slot receiver, and that was just never what he was. Just never what he was. And I just think, too, like with – like you said, with the neglect at the position, it's – Diggs could be your speed guy for the first couple years he was here. And I'm not saying Diggs is getting old and he's slowing down, whatever. But one, he is getting older, and two, teams are figuring yeah. teams are figuring out your your game plan. It's well, they have digs and they have digs, and that's it. <laughs> and that's it. And, and 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 to go along with the point too of like you know I'm talking about you know stretching the field and going deep. Yep. There's also something too, and, and I brought it up when we were talking a little bit about uh, about running game and, and stuff like that. You and that speed element, you can do now a lot what Miami does. But you're a better built team in the regular season, getting better built for the playoffs. You can do what they do, which is just dump the ball off and let those guys fly. I mean, like that's a lot of times what we're seeing from like Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. Not saying they never go deep, but a lot of their big plays, a lot of what like really makes them special is that they can just take any pass that Tua throws them if it's on the money and it can be turned into a big play. That just does not exist with the Bills' offense as it was currently constructed the last few years. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't. And that, to me, is maybe why I want them so badly to go a certain route with wide receiver, mainly Brian Thomas and Troy Franklin, and why I'm okay with them not moving up to go get a Marvin Harrison Jr. Yes, I mean, that would also be just an absurd price. But even Roma Dunze and the neighbors. You would trade so much to get so any much. of those three. I'm okay because I'm like, yeah, but like guys that I actually really want the Bills to draft, the skill set is available late in the first round, right. late in the second round. It's going to be there. Plus, I can also add in a guy like a Roman Wilson if you know he's available in the third Roman round. Roman Wilson, or something like that. he's a fun guy that I always wanted the Bills to be able to get it th- at, in the third round. I think second would be a little too early to try to get him. I think if you're really, really on you know draft wide receivers as much as possible, you go wide receiver in the first, second, and third. Brian Thomas Jr. in the first, or Troy Franklin, or mm-hmm. maybe Adnai Mitchell's Adnai been Mitchell. up, been been been. Much more in the first round mocks that I've seen as of late. Second round, Jalen Polk. Third round, Roman Wilson. I wonder if Wilson gets to the third round. You think realistically, you don't think he might get there? I think his senior bowl did him such. What if? Well, do you think the Bills could trade up in the third round? Like, do you think he'll be in the third round at all? No, I think he's gone in the second. The you think se- so? His senior bowl performance did him so many favors. Mm-hmm. The guy now I've locked in more to. But if if they do go third round, and even him, I'm not totally convinced will be there is Malachi Corley out of Western Kentucky. Ooh, yeah. I've been he's, seeing a lot of people talk about he's him. He's somebody I'm interested to watch at the Combine. I don't think he's ever, he's going to be a flat-out burner, like 4-3 40s, but like low 4-4s. He's got good size, so he's not you're not like drafting a guy that's like 5-8, five, 5-7, five, like just praying that he doesn't get hit. Like he's got good size to him, great yak ability. Like that's we're, – we're back to that conversation again mm-hmm. with the Bills offense of like I desperately want them to have – more yak capabilities because of where defenses are at now. I think they have to. Honestly, I think they have to to really get the passing game going to its fullest capabilities. Before again, I, I think we'll eventually see another shift where we can you know go more spread offenses. I don't think it'll take ten years to get back to it. It'll take probably another two seasons, maybe not even. 
but they need more yak ability because without it, like it's just their offense just it becomes so difficult to run. Right. And that was always kind of my big problem with Dable as well, is it always felt like it was so difficult to get done. It always felt like it was they had to be perfect every single time. And they were very good at it. Don't get me wrong. They were very good. Well, Dable seemed to know how to get the very best out of every single player on the offense. Whereas since Dable has left, you're getting the best out of the best talent. And then the guys that aren't as talented Mm -hmm. don't play at their peak. And that's the thing too. The talent is not there. I mean, you know, when Isaiah McKenzie is your first slot receiver to replace Cole Beasley, like that's not great. No. And then then when Gabe Davis is the guy that's going to replace John Brown and Emmanuel Sanders, that's not great. And you really start to see the cracks in the offense or the foundation that they've built. Yeah. And that's the thing too, whereas like you can look at Dable and say like, you know, the offenses were great. And it's like, yeah, the personnel was not like he made magic out of the stuff he had to work with. Sure. He had Diggs and Allen, but other than that, there really wasn't much going on. Yeah, Cole Beasley you get career years out of, but he was always considered like a solid slot guy, nothing crazy. Brown was considered like a second or third option. And, and you're getting career years out of Cole Beasley towards the end of his career. And John Brown. And John Brown. I mean, so, that, was, that was a thing, too. Like, when, when he first broke out, Allen broke out, Yep, that was the thing that everyone was talking about. I was like, he's getting career years out of everybody. Yeah. John and, Brown, Cole Beasley, Stephon Diggs shows up and goes from, like, you hope maybe a thousand yard receiver every year too. Like, no, no, he's gonna be like 13, 1400 yards most years. Right. And that's where I'm looking at, you know, that's how good Dable was as a coordinator. Mm-hmm. And it's nothing against, you know, Ken Dorsey or Joe Brady. I mean, Joe Brady hasn't really had a chance to do that yet to, to show what he can actually mm-hmm. do. But that's where you're really seeing that the Bills offense, while it was good, it was never good, like outside of. It was it, for if me, there were issues, it wasn't good. That's, yeah, for me, that's it was always it, it was just it was way too reliant on Allen being near perfect. It was way too reliant on Diggs being a true top five receiver in football. I mean, that's why I was also excited that they had a run game because they finally had a run game that I thought like when you need to run, oh, they can do it. Like for years, it always yeah. felt like they couldn't. It was just it was too reliant on Allen being a superhero. And that's again like getting yak ability, getting good coordinators again, like that. Yes, it was good last year, but everyone who watched it, even you know national guys like Dan Orlovsky, is looking at the film, going, "It's it's so easy to figure out. Right? It's just Allen being a wizard. It's him being the freakiest athlete on the offensive side of the ball we've maybe ever seen. That's not sustainable no. at all. And, and and along with that, you can kind of see like looking at those offenses compared to now, you can kind of see why. I wouldn't say they ignored drafting at the offensive position, but they kind of like put wide receiver and all that stuff on the back burner for all those years. Mm-hmm. It was because, hey, it's working out the way it is. Like, let's just, you know, keep it going. They went like, running back way more often. Right. And because I mean, that was the one thing that rounds. wasn't working was running back. Mm-hmm. And that's like the more I look at it now, is like, that's why I'm realizing, like, and maybe I'm late to the party here, like, realizing this, but like, that's kind of why I'm realizing, like, wide receiver was never really a, a priority because. You thought you had a great wide receiver, and then Dable leaves, and you still are good, but it's definitely not as good. I think a lot of it just it, it comes down to what I've talked about a lot in the last few weeks, which is just how many Hall of Famers, how many All Pros do you see on this Bills roster? Looking honestly, it's one guy, maybe two. Josh Allen's a clear cut; he's going to be in the Hall of Fame. Diggs has a really good argument, and he's an All Pro. But when he had a down year, they had to go to the run game just to win games. 
their defense figured it out with a lot of in, key injuries. But even then, Matt Milano's an all-pro guy. Okay, mm-hmm. that works. But he gets hurt. Terrell Bernard, I thought, should have been at least a pro bowler. Ed Oliver, he was a pro bowler, should have been an all-pro. But then if we're going there, it just becomes they're not as talented as maybe it was perceived. And it also shows how important coordinators are. Look at Philadelphia this year. They lose right. Shane Steichen. Their offense was never correct. According to a report, they lose their security guy on the sidelines, and Nick Sirianni falls apart. Did you see that? That was wild. That where I, I don't, Everything I don't about the Eagles at the end of the year was just weird. I don't know who came out with that report, but that, that – what was his name? It had a really funny name that everyone called him, the, the security guy. Uh, big, big something. They all called him. He, he was a big dude with glasses and like a hat on. He always had a hat on and everything. But he got removed from the sidelines, and then the Eagles kind of fell apart because he was part of the reason why he, he, Nick Sirianni was kept in check. Like mm-hmm. he kept Nick Sirianni's emotions in check. And it's like you're an NFL coach. Like what? What are we doing? <laughs> it was dumb. Big Dom, yeah, that's big what it Dom. was. Big Dom, they called him. I, I don't know. I well, just think that's, like, that's, that's everything kind of about funny. them was just broken, and a lot of it yeah. was they lost their coordinator. I think the Bills, though, like I've talked about them replacing John Brown. I mean, they still are trying to do that. They're also still trying to replace Brian Dable. Yeah, they thought they had an immediate hire in Ken Dorsey, right in house. It didn't work. I think with Brady. I mean, I remember when he was hired as quarterback coach. I was through the, <laughs> through, the through the roof. I yeah. was so excited because I thought. Carolina did him dirty. You gave him no mm-hmm. talent, and they were pissed that he ran the offense he wanted to, which was throw a lot. Right. Like, that's why I'm also not really worried that he's going to become, like, too reliant on the run. Like, where they become, like, Allen throws the ball 20 times a game, and that's it, and they run the ball 30. I don't think it's going to happen. I like, though, that in situations, like the Dallas game is, is a perfect example, they could run the ball, and they didn't get away from it when they maybe thought, all right, now, now let's go to the passing game. No, it was like, why they're not stopping us? Let's just keep running it. And you also saw in games like Philadelphia, where even in the pouring rain, the passing game was working. Cool, we're going to keep throwing it. We're going to keep going. Even it's working, and it hasn't really worked a ton this year, but it's working now. Mm-hmm. I also see him as somebody that's. It, I I'm excited to see what he can do with guys like Dalton Kincaid, but also rookies that they're going to bring in this year. Like that's also why I'm excited for wide receiver to really be. I think on a lot of people's minds, just because I think. Brady has proven, at least at the college level and in the little time he has been the Bills offense coordinators, that he can figure out how to use these guys to the best of their ability, even if it's not a ton, like Trent Sherfield and Deontay Hardy. What's also interesting is the parallels between Dable and Brady. Like you look at you look at their coaching histories, and obviously Dable's is a lot longer than Brady's is because he's older. But let's not act like Brian Dable was this vaunted hire. Right. Brian Dable he was an OC with the Browns for a couple years, with the Dolphins for one, and the Chiefs for one. And with the Browns, it wasn't great. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's Cleveland in twenty it's Cleveland. in two thousand nine and twenty ten. Then you go to Miami in twenty eleven, and it was okay. He had, let's see. I mean, twenty twelve, Kansas He's, City went two and fourteen. Yeah, in the twenty eleven Miami team, he was ranked twenty second in yards on offense. Mm-hmm. Uh, twenty. No, no, he's ranked pretty high in. Rushing. I mean, realistically, he revived. No, his that's career. He, he revived his career with Alabama. Right. That's that. That's the point I was getting to. The, the the all of a sudden he goes to Alabama, and then boom, the next year he gets hired with the Bills and mm-hmm. is an instant success. Well, maybe not in, instant success, but a year or two into it, it's a drastic difference yeah. than what you saw in in him in the NFL before. Whereas with Brady now, it's kind of a 
kind of the same vein where it's he's one year with LSU, gets immediately hired to Carolina, doesn't work out because they kind of, like you said, do him dirty and don't give him much talent. They were garbage. They're like, hey, what are you doing, man? Like, why didn't you do good enough? I just think, too, like, now, I, like, I remember when he was first fired, like, every, like everyone that was talking about it was kind of just like, yeah, like, he kind of got a raw deal there. And then, like, yeah. a year later, it was, like, almost forgotten about. <laughs> he was there for two years, but like, right. it was, like, forgotten about when he was fired, like, and he goes to Buffalo to be the quarterback coach. Mm-hmm. But, like, a year into that, everyone was like, but what do you do with Carolina? It's like, do you not remember how bad those teams were? They had <laughs> right. no offensive talent. It was DJ Moore. Yeah. And who, like, essentially became the new version of Stephon Diggs if everyone knew, like, man, if he had a quarterback that could throw him the ball, like, he would explode. Yeah. He barely had a quarterback throwing him the ball, but, like, once he became, like, a clear-cut one, he exploded this year. Well, and then, to further the point, is Brady is now kind of got his chance to sit in the backseat and learn a little bit, mm-hmm. whereas with Dable, it was he went from being an offensive coordinator to being a tight ends coach with the Patriots. Which like tells you how far his career had kind of fallen. Right. And then goes to offense coordinator for Alabama, comes to the Bills, does great. Brady, it's a little bit different, goes to college, does great, goes to the NFL, doesn't succeed, becomes an assistant coach, quarterback's coach with the Bills. Mm-hmm. Now he's the offensive coordinator, does good in the little time he had as interim. Yeah. And now has a full offseason to build his offense. So I don't know. It's just interesting to look at the parallels between the two of them as to how they're kind of similar. I think the and, key there for Brady is that he was able to push his resume out there, or at least convince teams enough that he didn't go to a bad situation as like a quarterback coach or anything like that. He went to a situation with Buffalo where it was like, if Ken Dorsey works, he's out in two years. Yeah. And I can hopefully take right over. I'll have kind of sat back, learned a little bit more about calling plays as an office coordinator, the whole thing, and I can slide right in. Instead, it happens a year and a half in to being right. there and then he's interim and then he's able to get the full-time job i'm just i'm excited i'm not as nervous as i was with ken dorsey no i don't remember being this over. confident at all with ken dorsey dorsey <laughs> dorsey i was no. terrified cause he had never called plays before yeah and was not a coordinator anywhere up to that point so for me it was just terrifying in the sense of like i i understood the hire 100 he was the quarterback coach that was kind of always the plan i got it but then it was like once it happened it was like okay here we go. Like, let's see how this works. And I mean, in 21, he was the passing game coordinator and QB coach that always kind of felt like it was like setting up for Dable to leave. Like they were kind of stoked that they had Dable another year after 20. And it was like, all right, well then we got to get ready. So Dorsey, you become the passing game coordinator. You're going to sit in more and you're going to be having a more hands-on approach to calling plays, but not effectively be it. I'm interested now. Dorsey goes to Cleveland. And as an offensive coordinator, like I'm interested, like how that's going to go. I, I I think so because like I I don't want to sit here and say that like I know Dorsey's garbage. I, I the Bills' offensive numbers really didn't change all that much once Brady took over. I think part like we can go back to our conversation from earlier though. The, the, part of the reason was probably because he didn't he had the same stuff to work with. He yeah. just knew how to work it better. Yeah, he, yeah, he, he could work a game better. Right. So like I'm interested now. I mean, like does his Job rest on, like, can he figure out Deshaun Watson? Can he make that work? You right. know, I mean, they have guys like Amari Cooper, David Njoku's amazing, Elijah Moore. Like, they have some good talent. We'll see how quickly Nick Chubb's able to come back this year after a really bad injury earlier in the year mm-hmm. against Pittsburgh. So, like, I mean, he seemingly has talent. And I'm interested to see, like, if he's able to work. I'm not going to get, like, buyer's remorse for firing him. I was somebody that thought that needed to happen when he was fired was kind of weird because obviously he was the 13 men on the field and that was a McDermott mistake. Yeah. But ultimately like that was kind of building for much of the year of like, or much of that part of the year of like, 
you were kind of surprised he got the job or got to keep the job after 22 and then all that stuff. So I, I'm interested. I, I, I want to see how he can do. Likewise with Brady, I want to see how much his playbook does change compared to Dorsey's. It's, where, you know, Dorsey, it seemed like, ran no short passing routes, and it was all long ball, and, and there was no one within five, ten yards of, of Allen. Right. Where with Brady, it was much more pushed back. Like, all right, like, everyone's going to be relatively near the quarterback. We're not going to stretch the field too much outside of a few plays here and there. We're going to run the ball more. And, and they did a really good job with it. But also, do we continue on the conversation of they want Allen to run less? Yeah, that was the thing at the owners' meetings last year of of uh, McDermott and Bean being very upfront about the fact that they wanted Allen to run less, I, without I think outright saying the words. But then once Dorsey was fired, they leaned into the fact that Allen was like their their tush push guy. Like that's yeah, why he right. had 15 rushing touchdowns. Yeah, and they seemingly were okay with him taking off and running when he did. So it's it's I I'm just interested because the last two seasons. It has been this feeling of like we're gonna bring Allen in a little bit more. He's gonna be a, maybe a more stoic pocket, pocket passer, only run when he has to. And with Brady, it felt more like we we're leaning towards the actual offense that NFL teams are leaning towards. And the biggest problem was they didn't have the personnel really to run it. And their one big guy, Diggs, compared to Travis Kelsey of Kansas City, did not show up in the big games. Really disappeared. Where Kelsey, as the year went on, and really by the end of the year, into the playoffs, had really shown up to the point where, I mean, he had more catches in the playoffs than Dawson Knox had all year for the Bills. <laughs> right. And so I think that's that's what they were missing is just a few more personnel changes here and there, and they'd have been just fine. And even then, they still gave Kansas City, outside of San Francisco, the best game they had in the playoffs this year. It's also interesting, too, because I was just looking at, you know, when we got to talk about Ken Dorsey, I was just looking at the Browns roster there, and the Browns roster is just, it's weird. It's weird. Because you both you, are kind of nervous about them, but also are just like, man, they're in a weird, tough spot. Right. Like, you, you subtract Nick Chubb, obviously, because of that bad injury and see what he can do this year, if if anything. And you have Jerome Ford, who was all right in the time he needed to be there. You have David Njoku, who was fantastic this season. Oh, man, once Joe Flacco went in. They, right. Just, they, they really found something. But then him. you have pretty much nothing in the wide receiver room. You have Elijah Moore and Donovan Peoples-Jones and Amari Cooper. Mm-hmm. That's it. And Marquise Goodwin. Like, I it Marquise just... Marquise Goodwin is still in the league. Wow. Yeah, right. But that's talk, where I... talked about him earlier today. Yeah, right. And that's But that's where I'm looking at, at like, how is Ken Dorsey going to go about this? Like, is this going to be another, like, one and done or, like, one and a half and done for him? Because the Browns don't have a first-round pick. And I just wonder, like... How are they going to work it in terms of getting another wide receiver? Because they don't really have the talent that's needed to keep up with the rest of the AFC. And now Dorsey is a big tight ends guy. We've noticed that with you well, know, the way he went to kind of why Kincaid was also the pick last year. Right. But they have a great tight end in David Njoku. So you got to figure that's a positive there for him at least. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm just it, – it's interesting. I'm kind of curious to see. Personally, I think even though the Browns aren't going to change that much in terms of losing players mm-hmm. – I don't think they're going to get much better. If not, they're going to get worse. Yeah, I, I think they were eleven and six this year. So I definitely, don't know. definitely going to be. They're they're definitely one of the teams in the AFC that's worth keeping an eye on. Going to take a quick time out here. If you want to join the show, eight zero three zero five fifty is the number. Going to transition a little bit over to the Sabers as they play Columbus later tonight. We'll dive kind of into how that season's been going and kind of what we expect here. 
especially with the trade deadline looming ever-present with that team. Zach Jones, Josh Schmidt, hanging out with you for another half hour. You listen to the Extra Point Show, and this is WGR. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.